Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science! You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Halo Begins Nerd Out! I am your host, Austin, and with me as always is the amazing Amanda! The wild yet elusive Jekka. And Burn Brady Burn. I have to put clever, but that freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that freaked me out too. I was I didn't I did not expect that. So uh hopefully you listeners didn't have your uh, volume at max or something. <laughs> that freaked you out too. Anyways, hey, thanks so much. Obviously we're talking the new Halo TV series that just came out on Paramount Plus, but we're going to talk a whole lot more to include, apparently, the Vader, the Darth Vader we're going to see in the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series is going to be a little more character-driven, thanks to the TV format. Uh, Stranger Things 4, season 4 coming out, is going to feel a little more like a horror movie. And if you're an Avatar 2 fan, guess what? The trailer might just be around the corner. And we're going to be talking a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10, Nerd XPTA. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning some Nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, check out what's nerdy with you. Um. So that sound I make is the lack of sleep in my life at the moment thanks to grad school, but Friday was so worth it. So me and some friends, we went herping, which means you go out looking for reptiles or amphibians. And we went to this beach that has a creek that feeds into it. So we were like looking at all the frog, the tree frogs that were calling to each other. And then we went over to the creek and we we're looking at all the like baby salamanders in there. And then we found, Aww. what are you doing, Brady? <laughs> He's like holding up a mirror or something. Brady, yeah, Brady's trying hold- to take a picture. Brady's <laughs> holding up a mirror, trying, yeah. Br- Br- Behind the scenes, Brady has this new thing where he likes to take pictures of us doing weird, funny stuff. And I guess it was our turn to try to get on Brady's, Brady's radar. Brady. Yeah, I that totally derailed me. So okay, anyway, oh, back yeah. to jacket. <laughs> so, like the biggest, most awesomest find of the night was a um, aquatic adult coastal giant salamander so these salamanders they can get like up to a foot long yeah but they can choose whether to actually change and become adults and live on land or they just stay in their like kind of baby state they just become adults so they still have the gills um they still have like the fully formed tail to like swim around and we found one that was full grown and so we were all freaking out because like for me that was my first time seeing that kind of species of salamander for my friends it was their first time seeing this aquatic adult stage or this aquatic adult form so we were nerding out like <laughs> it, was, it was like 10 o'clock at night nobody was around us it was just us but if you had walked up you would have heard all of this like screaming and cheering be like oh my god <laughs> the pinomorph decampticon like this is so amazing we were very much freaked, nerding out. Those things are gigantic. I'm looking at pictures of yeah. them here. Yeah. An aquatic yeah. adult salamander. Yeah. It looks like a, a giant tadpole with uh, feet. 
So the prop, so the actual term for that, the proper science term, is called a pedomorph. Um, so pedomorph, coastal giant salamander, dicamptodon, tenebrosus. So it was. Yeah, Austin. So well, that I I was just about to say that, but Jekka interrupted me. So, anyways, continue. I I'll I know my place in this conversation. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that, and and it was funny too because as we were like wandering around, um, we were all talking about you know what was your most exciting amphibian find, and I was just like, oh, I don't really have any. Like I've seen cool ones, but nothing that was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So. When we found this pedomorph dicamptodon and I was holding it, I was just like, okay, guys, this is officially my most amazing amphibian moment. So cool. it's very fun to have that happen. Well, Friday congratulations. Night. Yeah. That's awesome. Brady, what's nerdy with you? I'll have you know that wasn't a camera. That was a signal mirror from my backpacking, and I was just kind of <laughs> reflecting my my monitor back at you. So. Ah. <laughs> Um, it threw me for a loop. I was like, shiny. I can see myself. Like, I, and, I was like, what is that? I will stop the randomness and throwing people off. Um, the, uh, um, so we went camping this weekend with the scouts. That was all fun. We had a good time. Uh, it was a camperie. So it's where the different troops compete against each other. And uh, our troop won first place, first time since 2014 that our boys took home the, took home the plaque. And uh just as kind of proud, proud dad moment, my son went down there and shot, shot, shot skeet with a shotgun and he gets to shoot every six months or so, like just for a few minutes. And, uh, they called him back down cause he did, he tied for the best. Right. So they had a shoot off where they would shoot five clays. Right. Mm -hmm. He shot five out of five. The other guy shot five out of five. Brady went again, shot five out of five. The other guy went four out of five. So my mm -hmm. son, won the, the shotgun shooting for the whole camp out, which was probably, nice. I would guess, I don't know, 100, 120 scouts, something like that. So That's awesome. Yeah, he did really well on that on that final. So he did that. It was, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, I did get to bring all of my cool knives, and I think I may have freaked a couple <laughs> of the other adults out. I, like, I mean, I, I literally brought like, and I only sliced my finger once. There's a Band-Aid there. Oh, and that boy. was with my pocket knife. Um and then uh, I started reading a new, uh, not a new book, started reading a book that you guys actually encouraged me to pick up and try again. Because the last time I tried it, I was in junior high and it bored me to tears. But I started The Hobbit. Oh! I never finished The Hobbit. So I thought, you know what? I'm on my fiction rotation of fiction and nonfiction. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to read The Hobbit. So, uh, so yeah, I started that sitting in my tent at night with my Kindle for nice for a few minutes before I drift off, started that. And uh, now that I have some visuals to go along with it, it's going well. That's, that's kind of awesome. what's nerdy. Good stuff. Cool. All right, Amanda. So on, on Friday, we went to go see the lost city. Um, Cause the lost city just came out and a movie. It is a, basically it's a remake of romancing the stone. Is that Sandra Bullock? In yes. The... Oh, that looks funny. Okay. Um, so Right off the bat, like, it was everything the trailer promised. <laughs> it was fantastic. And I'm yeah. loving it. And it's everything the trailer promised until all of a sudden it wasn't. It, uh... It just, it petered out. And it just kind of, like, all of the best of it was in the first half of the movie. 
And then Austin was on his phone, and I'm like, oh, come on, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. And then and it never recovered. The, uh, it, it should have focused, it should have stayed a comedy as opposed to... An tr- adventure. No, no, as opposed to oh. trying to... Uh, Make it a romance. Yeah, lead into like a serious romance, because the romance was like, it was so obviously mismatched. Like, the characters should not be falling in love and it's very very obvious the only reason they're falling in love is because it's a hollywood movie and they're trying to make something that is obviously not and so it was cringeworthy to try to watch these two characters being forced into loving each other because somebody wrote it that way what would have worked is if they kept him in love with her and her still going it's great that we went through all this together you're a great guy just stay over there (laughs) Yeah, because that's uh, Channing Tatum, right? Yeah. Yes. And it, the first half of it is worth seeing the movie. The first half of it was hilarious. I got to admit, like I'm trying to think. I think so. Daniel Radcliffe is in the movie, and I'm trying to think of another movie I've watched with him in it. Outside of Harry Potter, I think I think Harry so, Potter is the only thing I've watched, and, and and he did a tremendously phenomenal job in this movie. So he was he he made it uh, fun to watch. What's great about this movie is they had the press tour and had Daniel Radcliffe doing all these interviews for the press tour, and all anyone wanted to talk to him no, about Channing Tatum. I'm talking about Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, continue. And all anybody wanted to talk about was the fact that he is playing Weird Al. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And Weird Al actually mentioned it in a tweet. He says, thank you, Lost City, for paying for the the media tour for my movie. (laughs) That's great. That's awesome. Austin, you said that you got on your phone. Did you go to the theater to watch this, or were you streaming it at home? Yes. And what Austin doesn't realize is as much as he was hiding his phone... I need it to was, know this because if it's theater, I'm gonna wait for yeah. five on Tuesday. <laughs> we, it's it was theater. It, it yeah, was we went theater. To theater. But we're in the theater, and there he is messing around on his phone, and I'm seeing it out of the corner of my well, eye. Only because I'm purposely trying to. I was trying to show her a meme or something. Yeah. I'm like, hey, look at this meme. <laughs> until it's not in theater so i can save my five bucks for something else <laughs> it's worth five bucks it's not worth full price but it's worth five bucks it's worth five bucks if you have a tasty treat with you yes okay so all right all right Just don't get food poisoning that's I've, terrible i've got i got some to the theater got it yep yeah. I, okay okay I, I got something for you okay so so i'm again i'm i'm, I'm expanding my arcade downstairs and i purchased the uh the arcade one up Terminator two uh, arcade game. And I don't nice. know if you that's it. No more. Well no more. That's open for discussion. No. Anyways, move, moving on. I you're interrupting first. You're interrupting. I got you a refrigerator. Uh, and, <laughs> and you've gotten three okay. arcade All right. Anyways, anyways. Anyways. Uh, PS4. Okay, anyways. Anyways. Uh so so the kids obviously want to watch it. And, and or, or play it, excuse me. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I I have problems with the kids playing this game without actually knowing anything about the movie. So, so my uh, my older my oldest son and daughter 
with me on the fast forward button, of course, watched the first Terminator movie. And it was so much fun watching my kids it, react to and that. And I'm really sure if I would have <laughs> let him, he would have had the younger two in there too. No, no, they're not. They're not old enough to comprehend the storyline. You, <laughs> you need, you need to understand the storyline. And like my kids were old enough to get that if Sarah Connor died, John Connor never comes around, and that means it's the end of humanity. And uh, so, anyways, so. Again, mom, if you're listening to the podcast, I had my th- I had my thumb on the fast forward button. Is there yeah. adult content in that? Yes, yes, yes there's okay. there's a nude scene. I made so long. I made sure to skip over that completely, and we and we were, were successful with that. But anyways, Terminator Two will be right around the corner, and uh, look forward to watching that with the kiddos. It was fun because because over and over again the kids were like, "Oh, it's got it's got to be dead now," and then <laughs> it's back. And they're all freaking out, and it I'd be great. watching them. It was like it watching, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'm so. really, really looking forward to the second. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I can't say more because my kids might be able to hear yes. me, but I am so excited. It will be fun. You know, there's very few sequels in Hollywood that. This were really good, just as good as the first one. Terminator Two is one of those. Terminator oh, Two yeah. was better than the first. It was. It was. Yeah. And Terminator One that was good. Is hard. Yeah. Terminator One is yeah. good. Yeah. So, unfortunately, none of the others could. Handle. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what was interesting is is I wasn't I wasn't convinced that Terminator One was the the way to go. Like I almost thought, oh, let's just have them watch Terminator Two, and then they could start playing it. But my kids really were adamant we want to watch terminator one and then terminator two and i started thinking about it i was like well i started with terminator two amanda started with terminator two most people start with terminator two these days but but going what in the world look at that thing dinging on us what the find my ipad alert okay anyways (laughs) but nobody said it all okay anyways uh going back so, but but how often does somebody get to watch the movies in order? And I didn't do that, so I can experience these movies in order. And I think there be the, there's going to be certain scenes in Terminator Two that will be a little more um, anxious, uh, producing, uh, oh, anxiety the, the, producing. The first whole part. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't oh, know what's going goodness. on. Yes, oh, yes. That's I'm, be so yes, bad. and it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch that. So, anyways, uh, we'll give an update on that. But we got a whole lot to talk about, so let's jump into some nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on our nerd radar? Hey, Anakin. Yeah. Come here. We just happened to pop in. Hey, come here. Tell every, tell everybody what you thought of Terminator One real quick. Well, um, I liked it. Yeah, what'd you like about it? Well, um, I think that um, my favorite part was when the um oil truck blew up and the Terminator got lighted on fire. <laughs> Why'd you like that? Um, because um. It had oil in it, basically. It exploded? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a flaming robot. Yeah, it's a flaming yeah. robot. Melted, so all, melted all the skin off of it, right? Yeah. It was pretty cool. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, off to bed. All right, 
Nerd News. Well, check us out, folks. Obi-Wan, the TV series, is going to have Darth Vader in it, and apparently Vader is going to be more character-driven and not a fully formed uh, Darth Vader as we know him. Lucasfilm's Obi-Wan Kenobi series is set between the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars A New Hope. We're all excited to see Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, but we're also excited to see Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. And director Deborah Chow recently teased that this is going to be a different variation of Darth Vader. She explained in a recent interview with Entertainment Weekly, quote, For us, it's very similar to Obi-Wan in the sense that he's in between these two trilogies. So he isn't the New Hope Vader quite yet. You know what I mean? So we are with the character sort of in the middle of this period. It is still Vader, obviously, but it's a Vader that isn't quite as fully formed as a New Hope. Honestly, for me, the starting place was that I really wanted to do something that was character-based and character-driven because that is the benefit of the limited series, is that you have more time to sort of tell a real character story. And so for me, the starting place of character is you just start and you look at who has been important to him in his life. And it's quite hard to avoid Anakin slash Vader in that scenario, especially coming out of Revenge of the Sith. End quote. Obi-Wan, Star Wars Obi-Wan premieres on Disney Plus on May 25th. Because if there's any part of Hayden Christensen's uh, reputation that precedes him, it's his ability to play in-depth emotional characters. That is not true. Because he no, I you know what I my I I think this is cool. I think it's kind of cool to see the character formation of of Vader. You know, in that transitional like phase. Um, and I'm sure that Hayden Christensen's going to do a fine job at that. I, I, I really am. And I'm not being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Like some people might think I am. I, I, I think he will. I think he'll do a good job. Here's my, here's my one concern about this. I, I want this to be more about Obi-Wan and not Vader. Right. You know, yeah. my hope is that this show is more, more look, I Obi-Wan is, 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 what I want to see in an Obi-Wan series. Right. And, and I understand that Vader, that Vader is a, a critical part of his story, but I, I don't know. It, it kind of, kind of makes me a little cautious that it's going to be about Obi-Wan and Vader instead of Obi-Wan. Right. But they're so linked together. Their stories are so intertwined. Yeah, they were. I, eh, I still you think they're se- intertwined. You can separate them. You can separate yeah. them. Yeah, but if, if if you think about it, though, oh, go, go ahead, Jacka. Well, no, because I'm with Brady here. Because like I can see it, like with Brady's explanation, like, and this is yeah, I'm with you. I hope they don't do this, where it's like bouncing back and forth between the two. Like I don't want that. I want it to be Obi Wan, and then like you know, he Darth Vader comes in and out here's what i want what i want is them to be able to force like harass each other (laughs) wait wait wait. are you Uh, wanting to do a ray and uh, uh, kind of thing i I, I would like a mind link but just from like obi-wan like poking at him or something or messing with him that that i could be okay with yeah (laughs) obi-wan Obi-Wan is an objectively better character than Darth Vader. 
So to have a series bearing his name and then not have, you know, I, I, look, I'm still optimistic. I'm sure it's going to be fine, but you know, we don't want it to become book of Boba Fett with Mandalorian season three thrown in there. Yes, that is true. That's true. And, and that's kind of my biggest concern with this Obi-Wan series is it's six episodes. And I'm like, so far, Lucasfilm and Disney, like, you are not doing so hot in these short episodes, like, these short seasons. Like, I feel like the story, well. I feel like they get bogged down in certain areas. Like, they, they, there's, I don't know. Just I think to me, Austin like, the storytelling is off. And they're, <laughs> like, sticking with some set pattern. And I'm just like, no, you need to get away from that. It's not working. I'm tired of having, like all the information thrown at me in the last two episodes. <laughs> so what what I think we might see is I think we might see some um, Ahsoka Tano That's in great. it because she like, and I could see that happening where we see some Ahsoka Tano and I'm really hoping they keep Vader to a minimum. No, what are you? You guys are crazy. Absolutely. Because this 50, is 50. about Obi-Wan. Well, what, okay. So if they change the title to Obi-Wan Vader, then you guys are completely fine. No, because no, I've, I, I've been I promised an Obi-Wan show for how many years? And our expectations wouldn't be as high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he is a much more in-depth character. He's a much... Obi-Wan, there's so much to explore there. there there's so much tragedy in both. I think this is going to be great. You need a you need a villain. You can't just be Obi Wan sitting around, you know, well, so working as nine to what five. What I'm to hoping support is I'm hoping we see Vader hunting the Jedi, and that's yeah. what I think we should be seeing. Yeah, we and, get it. And that is that would be part of Obi Wan's story is how Vader hunted the Jedi, because he is hunting for Obi Wan even what. Even in episode, in episode four, he was hunting Obi-Wan. He was hunting all the last of the Jedi. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Having Vader in Obi-Wan's story makes way more sense than having Grogu in oh, the Boba Book of Boba Fett. Fett's story. Oh my gosh, so, that was so ridiculous. With that, we're going to move on because we could talk about this forever. <laughs> Check this out. I, thought, I think this is pretty interesting. Stranger Things season four is going to be more of a horror movie. So the first three seasons of Stranger Things have featured all kinds of crazy and horrific things, but this next season is going to lean much harder into horror movie territory. According to co-creators Ross Duffer, the kids are now older. The spirit of the Goonies and E.T., the extraterrestrial, is kind of left behind, and it's being replaced by the spirit of films that are a lot darker. Quote, (laughs) when we pitched it to Netflix all those years ago, we pitched it as the kids are the Goonies. In E.T., that's the storyline. And the adults are in Jaws and Close Encounters. And then the teens are in Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween. But this year, we don't have the kids. We can't do the Goonies anymore. And so suddenly, we're leaning much harder into that horror movie territory that we love. It was fun to make that change. I think the fans will be happy, end quote. So the Duffer brothers have previously shared that season four is shaping up to be the biggest and most frightening season yet, and we cannot wait for everyone to see more. They're going to kill me. I don't like frightening. No. (laughs) Stranger Things 4 is being split into two parts. Season four, part one, arrives May 27th, and volume two on July 1st. Why do they have to be so mean? I know I'm, I'm with you there Amanda because I don't do horror movies and like the first three seasons of Stranger One alone are 
even to the even though I've seen them multiple times, I still have a hard time watching some <laughs> episodes like uh, the Flea and the Acrobat, for example, in season one. That episode with the deer. You fans know what I'm talking about. That I still close my eyes on that part <laughs> when they're standing over the deer about to put it out of its misery. I still close oh, my eyes. Yeah, it still yeah. scares me. So yeah, like I mean, I'm excited. So it'll be it'll be really fun to uh, watch this with you. <laughs> yeah, but I will say this: I hope they do not take away the element of each of the three storylines because they talked about how it was like. The kids were Goonies, the adults were Jaws and Close Encounters, and the teenagers were the horror movies. There were themes in there. So the kids were like a fantasy, the adults were a conspiracy yeah. theory, and then the teenagers were the horror film. So I don't want them, like, I, I'm. it's fine if it all moves to a horror film, but for the kids, for like Mike and Dustin and that gang, I, they, I hope they still kept that fantasy element in there because they're mm -hmm. basing this so heavily on Dungeons and Dragons. You know, like, I hope they haven't gotten completely rid, rid of that. No. So the reason why it was Dungeons and Dragons is because we were seeing the world through the kids' eyes. And in the kids' minds, they were associating the world with Dungeons and Dragons. And that's where we got that fantasy from. Yeah. And I'm okay if they make it an older fantasy lens. Yeah, but yes. I'm okay with that too. But, but. It's the perception that the kids give it. And are some kids kind of going to grow out of that? That does happen. And how will they do that? So that would, mm -hmm. that'll be interesting. Bob joined us. Yay, Bob, how are you doing, Bob! bud? Oh, that's okay. We were just talking about uh, Stranger Things 4. Season 4 is going to be more horror movie-like. Any uh, Any thoughts on that? I think it's going to be more scream. Apparently nightmare on Elm street was, or Halloween is a, uh, what they quote. But I hope they throw in the alien element. Cause that's what I was talking about. I was like that fantasy element, like alien would be a great fantasy element to keep going with the kids. It's still like horror, but it's just like, it's not that true screamer threat. Yeah. Screamer one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it could. <laughs> That's okay. All right, moving on. James Gunn is talking season two of Peacemaker and says there's going to be a lot more DCEU cameos coming. So if you enjoyed... The way that Peacemaker came to an end with James Gunn's surprise inclusion of, well, warning, spoiler warning, surprise inclusion of the Justice League cameos, you'll be happy to know that Gunn is planning to include more of these cameos in the second season. In a recent interview with Total Film, Gunn teased his future cameo plan with Peacemaker Season 2, saying, quote, I think we're going to see more connections and some other stuff as we move forward with Peacemaker and other shows at HBO Max. So those cameos will keep coming. 
I don't know if the Justice League is going to show up in every season of Peacemaker. That might be a one-time thing. We'll see. End quote. When it was announced that HBO gave Peacemaker Season 2 the green light, Sarah Aubrey, the head of original content at HBO Max, said, quote, The brilliance of James Gunn once again shines with Peacemaker. He took this character brought to life by the uh, by, by John Cena and created an exceptional series that simultaneously th- uh, was thrilling, hilarious, and heartfelt, showcasing the humanity's breadth uh, I'm having a hard time reading this one for some reason. I'm getting tongue twice. <laughs> Showcasing the humanity beneath this team of misfits living in a superhuman world. As the first original DC show to have its series premiere on HBO Max, we were thrilled that viewers agreed to give peace an effing chance. End quote. So I, I really liked Peacemaker. Um, what do you think of the cameos? <laughs> the, the cameos were fine. I I, I don't know why I got it. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> um, did, did you enjoy Peacemakers, the cameos that it Crash and burn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> strong. <laughs> Your first um was so authoritative. <laughs> <laughs> who who's on their phone now huh i <laughs> yes what's your opinion bob what do you think of it darn it <laughs> but so i i don't know i guess the cameos isn't really something to talk about with it it's where are they gonna go with it um i'm more interested in the storyline i really couldn't care i want to know more about cameos from the other suicide squad members I will. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Well, and one of the things I don't like about always having like Batman or Superman show up or like one of the A team, the, the the superhero A team of DC, mm-hmm. I really want to see TDK. Well, we might get TDK. I, I, I want to see the detachable kid that was um, uh, uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion's character, yeah. I, I want to see these off the wall random characters that could never have a movie of their own. Yes. Mm. I want to see these off the wall weird yeah. like characters from the comics that you're just like why was this ever created but I'm going to watch because it is a dumpster fire of hilarity. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It It it's almost like uh oh I got it. I got I got I got it. peacemaker's confidence outshines his competence <laughs> that's what it is and he doesn't he doesn't realize that and it's fun to watch so i don't want to see like cameos from the justice league in future peacemaker i want like a sidekick well to, like uh, maybe have like a robin show up no, 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 like no, any of the robins. he has a robin he's got uh Oh, vigilante. vigilante. No, no. I, I don't like Robin. Like actual like Robin, Robin show up. Like an actual Robin. Okay. Uh, or, or Nightwing. Yeah. Like I want the secondary characters of the Justice League to show up. Nightwing would be cool. I love Nightwing. So, so. that's who I want to see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And too late. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So that's why I was having a hard time with this conversation at the beginning. Because I'm like, I don't want to see any any A-list Justice League people. I don't want to see them. So, so that that's that's kind of where... I had a hard time with this conversation at the beginning. Well, it was still entertaining. <laughs> so. Peace, justice, in the American way. <laughs> so, no. So I'm just going to point out that we just need to remember that Peacemaker is D-list or F-list. for yes, fail. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just want to put that. Beasel to it. All right, moving on. Check this out. Moving on. According to Jared Leto, Tron 3 is getting closer. So a few years ago, it was reported that Disney was developing Tron 3, and Jared Leto is attached to star in it. It was announced 
a couple years later that Garth Davis would be directing it. And according to Leto, the project is getting closer and closer. He recently told Screen Rant, quote, I'm a super fan of Tron, and we are working hard on Tron with our incredible partners at Disney. Just an amazing group of creative people. We're getting closer. We're getting closer and closer. And who knows? Something may be coming sooner than later. And or closer quote. and closer. And maybe a little closer. Sorry. <laughs> I just really hope that Tron 3 continues Tron 2. I loved Tron 2. Yeah. Brady, don't say anything. Um, <laughs> Zip. Excellent. Um, and I, I just absolutely love Tron 3. I really, really enjoyed the Tron cartoon. Oh, yeah. What was it? Tron Ascension? Is that what it's I called? I don't remember what it was called, but it was on- I thought it was amazing. And I'm so mad that Disney canceled it because adults yeah. liked it more than kids. Yeah. That's literally why they canceled it. Tron Uprising. I wonder if it's on Disney+. Plus. I will have to look that up. Yeah. But, yeah, so I... I Really enjoyed Tron 2, really enjoyed Tron Uprising, and I have been anxiously waiting for t- Tron 3. Yeah, the what was interesting is um, Tron 2 uh, was fine, but Tron Uprising, the animated TV series that came out on Disney+, Plus, it is on Disney+, Plus. I'm looking at it right now, Tron Uprising is what I think got me to be a super big Tron fan. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I can't wait for another Tron movie. And then, yeah, then they, and Amanda's right, yeah. The, Tron Uprising was more popular with adults than kids, so they canceled it, which, made, which doesn't make any sense. Because so. it was on Disney XD and they didn't, they yeah. weren't, we yeah, weren't their target it. market, so they canceled. Yeah. Clearly so. they didn't learn a lesson from Avatar Last Airbender. Well, I think that oh. was like equal parts. Their kids enjoyed Avatar: The Last Airbender enough that they could keep it going. All right, moving on. Speaking of Avatar, (laughs) wrong Avatar. Avatar, wrong one. Avatar two. Avatar two may finally have a trailer coming out. So, director James Cameron's two thousand and nine film. 2009, that's how long ago it was. Avatar still holds the title of highest grossing movie of all time at the box office. And after many years, finally, the second film is on the horizon and fans might be able to see the trailer for Amazon, for Avatar 2 very soon. There's a report from the Ankler that claims that the first trailer for Avatar 2 will be attached to the theatrical release of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is set to open on May 6th. This hasn't been confirmed by Disney, so it's just a rumor for now, but it would make sense that they would choose a Marvel movie to attach the trailer to since Disney owns both Avatar and the MCU. So Avatar 2 is set to hit theaters this year, December 16th, 2022. I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen a trailer yet. So yeah, it's got to come up pretty quick. If it's coming out in December... You know, a lot of times these trailers are coming out a year ahead of time. (laughs) And maybe that's because of uh, COVID that that happened, right? There were so many delays that they had the movie trailers ready so far ahead of time before the movie actually came out. 
I think they've also um, been saving marketing budgets. Yeah, but what? How? Um. So they they've been marketing so many movies. Oh, okay. Sorry, Brady. Oh no, I was just gonna say. You know, I'm not particularly excited about Avatar two. Avatar one was fine. I will say that I was late to the game in Avatar. I only watched the first one like a year ago. So it was probably a little underwhelming for that specific reason. But mm, um, no. Oh, really? No. <laughs> no. You know, I, uh, but um, if you look at Avatar, it was a it appealed to to a, a wide range of age groups. Right. And technologically, it was pretty advanced for its time for 2009 so it makes sense that it's the highest grossing movie um well, yeah when i went but avatar to, 2 i'm kind of wonder where they're gonna go when i saw it in the theaters when it first came out i remember how gorgeous it was like visually absolutely stunning plot wise there was I just dances with smurfs i just didn't care about any of the characters well, and wasn't that around the time that IMAX really started hitting the, yeah, the theaters? Yeah, well, 3D. Also, yeah, 3D. Oh, I can see how in 3D that would have been phenomenal. Well, I went to go see it because of 3D, not, nothing else. I can't let that pass. Don't don't drag Star Wars into an Avatar conversation. <laughs> You're dang right. <laughs> well, it's because it there are high, it's, it's the highest grossing film of all time. And and the only reason it's the highest grossing film of all time is because people wanted to check out this brand new 3D movie technology. And it was gorgeous in 3D. Yeah. So people wanted to see it again because it was so beautiful. But well, and and it had at, good plot. And as the highest grossing film of all time, Star Wars isn't even in its lead. So we really have to look at it that way too. So no, Star Wars topic? is gotten oh, close. Okay, no, no, no. I'm just when when it when it if you go to if you if you go to boxofficemojo.com and you look at the adjusted for inflation list, the number one is Gone with the Wind and number two is Star Wars. All right, okay. bud. All right, I believe you. I believe you. Move on. Okay, what up? Uh, all right, moving on. Check this out. Okay, out of all things that we're going to talk about tonight, this might be the biggest head scratcher. <laughs> Amazon Studios is producing a James Bond reality TV show. Yes, you heard that right. Amazon, who officially bought MGM Studios and owns James Bond's franchise for eight. billion is now producing their first James Bond content in the form of a TV show that will be titled 007's Road to a Million, a James Bond-style spin on the reality TV show that races around the world. So Barbara Brock... Now, here's a funny thing. Barbara Broccoli 
and Wilson, who are the longtime producers of the James Bond films, who took over for her uh, her father, uh, have previously said that fans should not expect a James Bond TV spinoff series at Amazon. So while we might not get a traditional Bond TV series anytime, or I'm sorry, a Bond movie anytime soon, apparently that doesn't extend to the reality TV show because Amazon is moving forward as reported by Variety. This will be an eight-part series, and it's produced by MGM Television uh, 72 Film Studio. And here's what here's what 72 Film CEO David Glover had to say about this, saying that this TV series is something I first had. Uh, I had this idea over three years ago. Dan Grabner and the UK original team took it to a whole other level to be working with Michael Wilson and Barbara Broccoli and the Bond franchise is a privilege and a dream come true. So this this Road to a Million is going to be basically a, a reality TV show that watches contestants uh, competing on a global adventure, racing around the world to try to win a million dollars. And the competition will take place at many historic locations featured throughout the Bond films. Hmm. <laughs> so that means that the contestants have to complete this uh, scavenger hunt or whatever. I'm throwing a guess. I'm like, sounds like a scavenger hunt in black tie. Well, so, maybe. Men are running around in tuxedos, women in evening gowns, all the fun things. And they I'm might have like, some women or some weird reality tv show we might see some women in tuxedos and some men in evening gowns i would watch that like yeah. all the men have to wear the evening yeah. gowns and race across and, yeah. and high heels high yeah. heels let's do this oh my gosh and every time like to get a clue they have to say the name's bond james bond you know i think uh well okay so here's my thoughts on this I think Amazon is making the same mistake that Disney made when they bought Star Wars. The very first thing Disney did when they bought Star Wars was they canceled the Clone Wars. Big thing. Big big mess up. And the first thing Amazon Studios is doing with the James Bond franchise is making a reality TV show. Like it's not what it's not what the fans want, and the it, fans it's a blatant cash grab. Yeah, it's a blatant cash grab, and it's and it's it just doesn't make any sense. It almost sounds like um, the Amazing Race, a themed version of the Amazing Race. Yeah, yeah, that's all. It, 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 they're making the Amazing Race where they can play Bond music over it. <laughs> 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 yeah like amazing grace with a because we're in the world's carmen san diego that was like a very trivia yes. kind of game <laughs> and so i'm like i could see and it seemed like it would be like some bond trivia in there so i was like okay so where in the world is james bond <laughs> yeah where can we get world? a where in the world is carmen san diego adult version yeah i'd much rather see that i want to do that i want that well amazon hasn't bought it yet so well Whoever owns it could milk that and get a lot of money. Yeah, very. And I would that cash grab. I would support. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Well, with that disappointing note, I think it's time to start talking some Halo. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park? And that bell means it is time for our main event! Halo begins! Nerd out! You. Humanity's best weapon. Master Chief, huh? The Master Chief was enhanced and trained for one purpose. To win this war, he and the other Spartans are our only effective weapons against the Covenant. He is lethal, upgradable, and most importantly, controllable. Covenant forces appear to be excavating some kind of object. When I touched the object, I felt something. I felt different. What they did to us makes you numb. And you just decided to help me. Why wouldn't a Spartan do that? What does one do with a superhuman you're not sure you can trust? Hello, Master Chief. I'm Cortana. Master Chief recovered something. Sacred ring. Halo. Humans. Surrender to the Cortana, I'm gonna need you now. Find the Halo, win the war. Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really really appreciate you please help us get the word out tell a friend about the podcast and i want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already come on do it you'll get plus 10 nerd xp nerd xp all right halo begins what'd you guys think of it i dug it i you know i'm glad i didn't look at uh some of the like rotten tomatoes reviews and stuff like that to 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 tilt my you know to put a thumb on mm -hmm. the scale before i watched it because some of those aren't as high um but i liked it i thought it was good it was interesting yeah but, yeah i thought it was really good i like i said last week I, I come at it from a place where i didn't play a lot of halo i played a little bit but i didn't play a lot of halo enough to know the lore or anything so i'm coming at it and watching it from uh it's just a show right it's a show and uh I I thought it was fine. Uh, some of the animation was a little weird um, in that battle scene, but um, it, specifically the Spartan uh, animations. 
Oh, but really? Outside of that, yeah, I thought I thought they looked a little clunky. Some of the animation did, but the CGI. But it was just brief, and it didn't take away from the story. I thought the story was solid. I like pa- Pablo Schreiber. Um, all of the other cast seems great. I like the way it's fleshing out. It's a little tropish, I guess, with the relationship between. Uh, I I I don't even know the the, the, name the, the little her. girl. The girl and her parents, yeah. you know, that that's that's a little tropish, but eh, so what? You know, it's sci fi. It looks like it looks solid. I'm 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 interested. I'm I'm in. So one thing I liked about it is knowing it's a video game. So I actually really enjoyed this was thinking about how it was very playable in my mind of the Spartans coming in and playing the Spartans and you're on a team and it seemed like everyone had a purpose that they were doing. And I could totally see that on a video game playing one of those characters trying to come in and save the village. So I liked that, just thinking of it as a video game. Well, and some of the directorial uh, decisions that were made brought that FPS view yes. you know, in, into, into, the, into the show. You know, it's kind of that first person um, shooter view that they had in some of those. So, so- it, almost Terminator-esque. That's something I really enjoyed. Um, I was actually really surprised at how much I enjoyed it. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I I went in with like bare bones, really low expectations (laughs) on this of whether I was going to enjoy it or not. I was like, "Eh, I'm probably not going to enjoy it. But I actually really did. And so I'm actually excited to see the next episode. So what what sold you on it, I guess? Or what, 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 what attracted to you, uh, attracted you to it? So as much as you're like, oh, it's very tropish. The teenage kids are outside the settlement getting into trouble. But when they come in and everything is getting blown up, it was very quick. It was very fast paced. It wasn't long and drawn out. Like we're going to make this really a dramatic fight. It was quick. It was on the point, and I really liked the battle scene. Hmm. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, Every, everybody died. Sorry, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah the uh, the way they did two things in this that was really really good from my my point of view. One, the uh, the poker scene. I don't I don't know what they're they're playing some sort of card game, but the poker scene in which they talked about just how deadly a Spartan is. Like they just, they played that up like so perfectly. Like it was completely and utterly textbook build up the, the heroic, you know, scary, whatever you want to say about a Spartan. And so, so they built up Spartan really, really well. And two, they built up the covenant uh, warriors really, really well by attacking those, um, I don't know, the teens that were, I don't know, what were they doing, drugs in the, in the, in the forest or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms. yeah. Though, when, when, the, when the Covenant started walking in, like, I mean, they built up a really uh, formidable villain for these Spartans to take on. And, and, the, and like, I mean, it, to me, it felt like very, uh, very, like, you know, Orakai from Lord of the Rings, like, where these are like some massive warriors that that like, there's there's almost no way you're gonna be able to defeat these things, and yet here comes the Spartans and do just that. It, it, like they do those things so well. So, well, and I think they established a good dynamic. You know, even in that one episode, that that first episode, they've established the dynamic of 
you know, with Quan, how how much Quan hates, you know, the what a UNSC Quan and yeah. and how that was a contentious relationship, but they still came in to defeat the you know that patrol of the Covenant and yeah, so it's it's real. They've set up the different pieces that are in play pretty well as also. What one thing I really liked is I really liked the political dynamics that they did with very little words, but a lot of movement and that it just felt part of the storyline. It didn't feel like they were laying out this whole like book of explaining the politics, but you got to see how they interacted and it gave you a deeper feeling of how the politics are working. Especially the way Quan was all like, oh, you want me to do this? Okay, well, I'll get on the screen and I'll do so, the exact opposite of what you want. So one one thing I didn't quite understand, maybe you guys picked up on it, but why the, the I don't even know what you call it, the, the people that at the very beginning that- The Coven? No, 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 oh, the, the actual rebels. people. Yeah, the rebels, whatever you want to call them, that were separated from the uh, UNSC. Like why, why- what was the issue? What was the friction between the two? Like, why are they not on the same side at the beginning? Like, why? Why? It, it, uh, it seemed like a liberty thing where they would give up so much of their freedoms to be part of the UN. The, the yeah, yeah, the, the UNSC. UNSC. You, and, oh, and oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, in that planet, one of the one of the crawler pieces talked about um, it had a moisture extraction rate of high. So maybe I don't know if that comes into play, mm. but maybe they're doing moisture extraction from that planet and and mining. Maybe the UNSC is using that planet as a resource, and th- these people are impoverished or 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 in some way um, separate, you know, because of that. I I don't know, but that well, could be. A lot of it sounds like a trust issue that they don't trust the UNSC to have their interest in mind, that the UNSC yeah. has its own interests and they don't care about small outposts. And so why should the small outposts support them when they're just going to take instead of help? So what is, what are we supposed to get a, what are, as, as oh, viewers, what are we supposed to get out of the, the UNSC? The other thing is you could clearly see corruption. There was clear corruption that we were seeing by different commands that were given. Like one of the commands was to kill Quan, and he saved her instead. Well, that was because he touched the thing, and the uh, it changed but who he, he was. But the whole thing is the UNSC ordered her to die yeah. for no reason. Well, corruption. Well, there might have been some reason. We just don't know what that reason is yet. But they but, didn't want her to be able to speak about stuff because she's a renegade or a separatist or whatever. I don't I don't I I I don't necessarily think that might be the case. Maybe it's the case, but I don't I don't think I I feel like there's something else going on. Like there whatever the UNSC is, uh there, there, there's something more to it. Like the leaders at the top obviously know some things that those on the bottom do not know. They know some things that the those at the bottom do not know, but at the same time, they're not willing to support other people. They, they are. It sounds like they're very corrupt because they have this absolute power over the Spartans, and that corrupts them. Uh. Well, they just they just view the Spartans as a as another weapon, you know. 
like like they're obviously like what are they doing like cloning type of thing and it's, it's, uh, i don't think it's a clone type of thing because this guy obviously john obviously had a family he he had parents otherwise why is he having memory flashes of them well, he's a clone is he a clone no I- I think I that, based on what, like I said, I, I don't know the lore, and Bob, you might have to Neither be, do I. be honest if you do this, but um, based on what I saw, I, that, what I picked up, John was probably um, requisitioned by the UNSC at a younger age and had his mind, well, and they talked about containing those memories, you know, kind of blocking those off. So he was probably taken by the UNSC and made to be a um, a Spartan. Okay, uh, so here is um, what I found on Google, which was flash cloning is used, but it was used by the Office of Naval Intelligence as part of the Spartan 2 program to cover up the abduction of 75 children that they used to then put into the program. Interesting. Hey, I hope that's not a spoiler for this TV show. <laughs> hope it's not, but you know, it's on Google. Spoiler? You guys mentioned clones. <laughs> it's not a spoiler because I don't know. <laughs> well, and the cloning—I don't know how Cortana, because Cortana is obviously the uh, the project that she was that told to do away with, right? And I don't know how cloning comes into play with that. I th- so so when when Master Chief flipped and started disobeying orders and kind of thinking through things, doing his own thing. She, whatever the scientist lady wanted to introduce Cortana as a, like a backup plan. And, and so I didn't, I, I didn't get that as some sort of a cloning procedure. I got that as like, she's going to send in a, a virtual version of herself to try to like reason and, you know, Lead, yeah, lead, yeah, lead them off to uh, do what they want them to do again. So I don't know. So how about the actor uh, actress playing Quine, right? How about what a good job, right? I think that really, I think that that losing the family and the friends and all of that whole thing. I think the casting for Quine was uh-huh. really was really good. I what the, although I got to tell you when they flew off at the end, I got a Mando Grogu feel. Yeah, yes, like I yes. got I got a Mando Mando Grogu vibe. Um, yeah. at the end of that. Yeah, I did too, and I got to be honest with you, I uh, I I'm I'm hoping not to see another Mando Grogu story, just set in the Halo universe. I don't think we will. I think this is going to be much more. Uh, I think this is much going to be much more direct and uh, heavy-handed with its storyline. You know, Mando. One of the problems Mando had, as great of a show as it is, is that it did a lot of, uh, you know, episodic sort of. Okay, here's the problem. Somebody babysit Grogu. I'll go take care of the problem. I'll get Grogu. We'll fly off. Yeah. I don't see that happening with uh, with this Halo show. Yeah, I don't. I think they've got too much too much going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, did you get a chance to watch it? You didn't. I would. I would recommend it. It was. It was uh, pretty solid. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I um. So so I 
I don't know a t- you know it's been such a long time since I've played any of the Halo games uh, that I, I don't know how closely this follows any of the game storylines and all that. I know we've you know they've said over and over again that they use all of that the games, comics, novels, all that stuff as uh, inspiration for their storyline. But um, but from what I'm reading online, this doesn't follow that stuff very well. Like they're they're basically kind of creating their own story that's more inspired by all that stuff and some people are really kind of ticked off by that well and that's kind of what i thought some of the negative reviews may be you know if you're if you're a if you're a video game super fan of halo and you're watching this show and it doesn't follow the storyline i totally get how how that would be a little disconcerting but for me it exists in a silo it's not yeah you know i don't have that influence so i i don't I can't be discouraged or or perturbed by the fact that it may or may not follow a video game uh, storyline. I I can tell you from a sci-fi television show perspective, I'm really liking it. I just I, yeah. I I I really think it's solid, and I hope that those negative, the negative feelings for it not following, and, and probably vocal. You know, that's probably mm-hmm. going to be a very vocal group because they're you know, because they're invested in the, in Halo. Um, I hope that if that is the crux of their problem with the show, it doesn't overshadow the fact that it's a really good show, you know, and put people off. Yeah. And, and hopefully maybe, you know, we have the first episode, which is all about the setup. And right. maybe that with every subsequent episode, as we see this storyline unravel, that it can be, because what you said there, that it's like, the games, books, and comics were the inspiration for it. It sounds like they were taking all of that to create a new storyline to add to that universe, you know, while yeah. maintaining some like key characters. Um, it, I mean, it like I'll just say it, it. Maybe it'll be just like super good fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be Halo fan fiction that's really good. And there's some good fan fiction out there. Once upon a time, I used to read some stuff like that, you know. Um. I, I admit, I uh, lost track of time of, because of schoolwork, and I when I started watching it, I thought I would have enough time before the podcast, and I got to that opening credit scene, and then I got the notification we were starting the podcast, so I've only seen that opening scene. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, so the I'll daylight savings time is kind after of... This. <laughs> yeah, with daylight, with extra daylight, I thought it was much earlier than it was, and I, I finished watching it maybe... An hour before we all got online, so it's all fresh in my head. Well, yeah, you know, I was, I was hoping to do that. It didn't happen. <laughs> based on things that we've been reading leading up to this, uh, I, I I feel like I kind of have a good idea of what the general arc of maybe what this story is trying to tell. Uh, in a nutshell, you know, exploring what it is to be human, um, and so I can kind of see that playing out and being set up in this opening uh opening episode and and one of the things i'm seeing online that is kind of upsetting fans of the halo universe is that master chief has already taken off his helmet and um and how he pretty much never does that ever and the fact that he did it in the very first episode is like really angered a lot of you know long-term halo fans which which is understandable but you know i'm thinking about this story of you know what does it mean to be human you know i 
if 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 that is in fact the the main theme of this entor- entire you know series then i i think it kind of makes sense to have him take his helmet off in the first episode because he 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 we're, we're being told that you know he's supposed to just kind of mindlessly follow orders he's he's just a weapon but by taking off just a bit of that armor it's like the character himself is trying to explore and ask the question, am I, am I a human or am I just a weapon? You know, he's trying to like, it's like almost symbolic of, of asking that question. And, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's going to take off the rest of the armor because the armor is the entire character or whatever. But I think for the first episode, if he takes that helmet off and then for the rest of the season, he keeps it back on. I'm kind of I'm fine with that, and I'm fine if 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 he takes it off. But I do think he needs to put it back on because <laughs> it, it looks it looks too cool to not to not have it on. So it it almost looks a little strange, but but I think for the first episode it makes sense. Yeah, trying to humanize him. I mean, basically yeah. is is what they're doing, and I think that yeah, I think you have to do that. And we're only going to get nine episodes of this, right? Unless they do another season. Um, but you know it's only nine episodes long. You can't you can't really uh, hold back too much as far as that character development is concerned because you don't have a long time to resolve it. And depending on the story they're telling, you know that that may be fitting it tight, right? One thing they didn't do in this in this uh, at least first episode is they didn't uh, hold back on the violence. That oh happened. yeah, when those when those those guys were. Uh, out there, you know, tripping on peyote or whatever they were doing. <laughs> and that was just, that was brutal. I called my, it, when I looked on one place, it said TVMA. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch this with the kids. But when I pulled it up on, on prime, it said TV 14. Like, All right. I'll bring my kid in here. He came in there. He said, oh yeah. And just those people were going up in puff balls, right? Yeah, and, they uh, were losing a leg and then getting vaporized. And, uh, it was particularly it was like some high level violence there there was some uh i guess you could say peacemaker level brutality in there yep so i just have to mention my weirded outness over the hairstyle like why did we have to mix the mullet with the weird (laughs) shaved heads of the 2010s like it's like they took two of like the terriblest hairstyles and squished yeah, them together, and I'm just like, and the bangs, why? the bangs just took a ruler and just cut it off. So, yeah, yeah you're. Ta- I, I I know yeah, you're talking about Quan. I, I know it's that too. Well, but, like, well, that's different. It, but it was like the entire society did that, and there like seemed to be no reason. Like I would make it would make sense if like it was a helmet thing or something, but they never wore helmets. It was just a hairstyle. But, well, like, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like they're in a desert environment, so having the mullet protects the back from sun rays, but then the side, short sides, kind of helps keep your ears in that side of the face cool. But you're in a desert planet, so you're gonna burn your ears yeah, off. Yeah, you can get some. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, don't like, know. I just heard, heard you justify them, a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there is no justification for a mullet, and there is no justification for a weird, like, shaved sides of heads hey. mullet. There's no justification. 
Ever. I'm not going to say I've had both of those, but <laughs> I'm also not going to deny that I've had both of those. <laughs> but at the same time. Uh, no. <laughs> so so one thing I want to mention, since we're just talking about, you know, the, the style and look of things, the, uh, the UNSC uniform that these military people were wearing was so much better than some of the concepts oh. I've seen for the uh, the the space force uniform, and I and I'm thinking to myself, that is a space force uniform right there in Halo. <laughs> That's what they should be wearing. That looks cool. So, ah, well, we got yeah yeah. We, 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 says the Air Force person. So. <laughs> I, I I will say, you know, talking about the hairstyle and the, the general look of uh, Quan as a character, I'm not going to judge a culture based on their uh, <laughs> decisions. They may, you know, whatever they, whatever is appropriate for their culture is, uh, is what it is. But when you compare that to traditional beauty standards that we have been exposed to, it's probably not the most appealing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and what they did with that haircut is takes, because Yaren Haas is, is, is the act, yeah. actress play, plays Quan. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. And then, and then turned her into Quan, which <laughs> like I said, doesn't necessarily align with our, uh, our, our modern day standards of beauty. For our culture, um, but yeah, it's a pretty dramatic difference if you look at the, oh yes the actresses uh, like if you just pull up on IMDb oh and yeah and compare that to the character of Quan. So kudos to the makeup people for uh, <laughs> being able to, to, to mute that. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really. Politically correct. <laughs> so, uh, so two questions. One. Because this was the first episode, did it pull you in enough to say, I definitely want to watch this series play out? And two, how do you think the series is going to play out if you do want to continue watching it? Jekka? Uh... Did the first two minutes pull you in enough to want to watch? I mean, really. I mean, you got to watch the first part. I mean, does it make you want to go back and keep watching it? It, it does, actually, because I'm like, because I was kind of like, I don't, okay, so I th I think my feeling is split two ways for this reason. One, if I if that opening scene was just a setup to introduce the Covenant and the Spartans, I probably wouldn't go back to it immediately following the podcast because I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like this little girl, like this girl is the only sole survivor, and the Spartans just walked away. You know, like that's what I saw. Yeah, that's as far as I've seen. Hearing you all talking that Quan becomes a central character, I do want to go back and watch it tonight kind of thing. Mm. So before it would have been like probably later on this week, I would have gotten around to it. Um, I was actually already thinking, I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch it on Wednesday because oh, my Wednesday will be less stressful. But um, but hearing you talk about it, I was like, okay, no, I'm going to finish it after this podcast because I want to know what happens. I was like, so concerned that Quan's the sole survivor and the Spartans just walked away and she's like mm -hmm. standing there and like because my first thought with that when they walked away is I was like 
that's a lot of bodies for a girl to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. I, I do want to go back and finish this episode. You'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah. yeah and, and I you, was Bob? like in the thing sorry, and the thing I was looking forward to with Halo as this TV show as well is to introduce me to the that universe. Like I, I just want to know what it's about. I want an idea of why the games are so popular because I know lots of people that play them. Um, I've played them a little bit, but only kind of like the fun, you know, get your friends together and like just go blow things up kind of thing. Like yeah. I never like played the storyline or seen anyone play the storyline. So I'm I'm like, that's what I expect from this TV show is to introduce me to that world, you know, and that universe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, are you, you going to watch it up? Is this something that you're interested in? All right, simple <laughs> and sweet. I, I, like I said earlier, I'm all in. I, I think we're going to be watching each week. This might be like one of our Saturday night rotations. The first thing my kid said when it was over was, "How often do these come out? Are uh, they all out, or or is it every week, or what?" So I think, yeah, we're we're real. And if 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 they continue this trend, this quality storytelling trend, um, and I say quality storytelling because, you know, there are already really tough moral dilemmas that these characters have had to face, right? You know, and 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 seeing seeing characters in a story navigate those moral dilemmas is always what it's 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 really interesting to see how they do that. And if they continue the storytelling, uh, yeah, I see being hooked on the series all the way through. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how. Um, I, I kind, I kind of have a feeling. Do you, do you, okay? Do you remember in Man of Steel? I'm going back to uh, Henry Cavill's first Superman movie. No, I no. Don't. Okay. The, the theme at the end is: Look, I'm super powerful. Uh, I'm on your side, but you can't control me. And and the the U.S. government kind of has to kind of come to terms with that. I'm wondering if they're going that route with Master Chief. Is that look? I I believe in fighting for humanity. I don't want to see the human race extinct, uh, but I'm going to do it on my terms with my values and morals, helping me make decisions as opposed to you ordering me uh, and. And I, I just kind of have a feeling that they might be leading in that direction overall. So I think that's where the season's going to be playing out. Maybe you could toss that object to the other Spartan friends and they can have like a little Halo Bad Batch going on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> so, all right. Amanda, any, any last thoughts on Halo? No. All right. Well, check it out. I guess that's our recommendation is check it out. So. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, YouTube, or wherever else you find us. Next week, we're going to be talking Morbius. That's right, the the MCU Sony I don't know where this is at uh, Marvel, there we go the Marvel Jared Leto Morbius is finally coming out Amanda, you said earlier that you are what? <laughs> that 
one. You said you're nervous about watching oh, this. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been reading reviews that say your low expectations are right on. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, well, it should be an interesting conversation then. So, anyways, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on Morbius if you check it out. You can also shoot us an email, supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Shoot us a message on those. Give us a like. Give us a share. And tell all your friends about the podcast. Until next time, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Ciao. Goodbye, chicken.